1 Corinthians 15, verse number 1. If you're there, say praise the Lord. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. Somebody shout that with me. The gospel. Which I preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand. Now watch this now. By which also you are saved. Thank God for grace. I'm saved by grace. And I'm saved by the gospel. If you keep in memory what I preach to you. This is, this is amazing. He said by the which you are saved. If you keep in memory. What I preached unto you. He said if you forget what I preached to you. You're in trouble. You believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. Watch this. This is the gospel message. Christ died for our sins according to the Old Testament. That's what the scripture references here. According to the Old Testament. He died. How do we know? Because... Isaiah said he was wounded for our transgression. Isaiah 53. We look at the scripture, we can tell he was wounded for our transgression. He died for our sin according to the scripture. That he was buried. And that he. The devil don't like you knowing this. That he rose again. The third day. According to. To the scriptures. Why did he do it? Because he said he would. He did it because he cannot lie. We used to sing, when I could not come to where he was, he came to me. I've come to preach to you this morning, he conquered what I could not. He conquered what I could not. Great God in heaven, maker of heaven and earth, creator of all things. I'm asking you, Lord, that your spirit, your power, your word would settle in this room this morning. Let there be a sweet spirit of communion in this house as we sit down at your table to feast on your word. Let us leave this house filled to overflowing. That when we leave here, your word would spill out of our spirits. And there would be an outflow from us to others to let them know there is hope in this life. But today, God, we look beyond the right now and the present and what we see. Because we don't just have hope in this life only. We have hope in the world to come. That because of your death, burial, and resurrection, the gospel message of Jesus Christ... We can be risen to walk in new life with you and resurrected on that great getting up morning. I pray today, God, that our hearts would be rapture ready, that our lives would be prepared to meet you. In the name of Jesus Christ, let the church say amen. May the Lord richly bless you and you may be seated in Jesus' name. If we began in the beginning of the Bible in the Genesis account, 
we would find exactly how we're going to deal with this uh, later on in 1 Corinthians 15, later on in the chapter, that it was by, by one man that sin entered in. That first Adam was the Adam or Adam that we read about in Genesis. The first man, Adam, was of the flesh. He was of the earth. He was earthy. He was not, uh, he was not of the spirit, but his, the spirit of God breathed on him and he became a living soul. So the breath of God that was in him gave him the power to live in the promises of God. I, I want to try to make this plain as quick as I can because I got a little ways to go this morning. But we live, uh, we live in a time where people say, I just, I just can't do it. I just can't live for God. I just can't overcome this. I just can't, I, I just can't beat this addiction. I just can't. I want to tell you that the reason the first man Adam had sin enter in is because he relied on his flesh and not the spirit that was breathed in him. As long as you're trying to do this by yourself, as long as you're trying to do this on your own, you are always going to struggle to get to victory. But I've come to preach to you this morning, on this Sunday morning, with the help of the Lord, I hope, that you can overcome every obstacle, every addiction, every trouble, every tragedy, every sickness, if I could get about six people to believe what I'm saying right now. Let me try again. I said you can overcome. It is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. If you want to overcome this morning, you can overcome by that God-breathed spirit that is within you. In your flesh, you're going to be tempted to believe every lie that the devil tells you. And the devil likes to whisper to you words of hopelessness like, it's over. It's finished. It's never going to get fixed. It's never going to get better. You're never coming out of this. God's never going to provide for you. Your body will never be healed. Come on, some of you came in here today full of doubt and confusion trying to figure out why you're going through what you are. You can't reason in your flesh and ever get to victory. But with God, I've come to tell you today, all things are possible. Now, I know it's hard for us when we look at the Bible to understand a true, a true painted picture of what what it looked like in the days and times of Jesus. Now, I've been to Israel, and it's a beautiful place. As a matter of fact, in normal times, if it's not cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, uh, I'd go to Israel every month. I love to be there. I, it's a neat place to be. But even what we see now, you go, you go to Israel now, and the, you know, the IDF is there. Uh, one night we heard a couple pop, pop, bang, bangs. And uh, I never felt unsafe, but I found out just right up around the corner from where we were staying, someone had tried to stab an IDF officer. And so pop, pop, bang, bang, and it was over. And, uh, you know, it's like 
when that's when that's done, the people just walk over to the fruit market and go about their life. And it's a little different world than what we live in. But it was way different when Jesus was there. It was not an accommodating place to what you and I would think of as Christianity. So the point that I'm trying to get to you is that the church of the living God, when it started in the book of Acts, the church did not start in the best of times. As far as the age was concerned, it's kind of like it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. It was the best of times from the idea that the world was in chaos and the world needed something that could work. And God had a plan in his mind, said the Old Testament, that he would come, robe himself in flesh. He would die for our sins, and this would become what we know as the gospel message. And I want to tell you that the only hope for the first century world, as it was when Jesus died, was buried and resurrected, ascended into heaven, the only hope for the world then was the gospel. And the only hope for the world now, you know where I'm going yet? Is the gospel. Israel believed that their hope was a kingly man who would come as a dominating, powerful world figure. And when Jesus came and some started talking about him being the Messiah, their question for him was, So then when will you reestablish Israel? When are you going to take away the political power of Rome so that the kingdom of God can come? Man, I want to preach right now. Jesus' response to them in, in paraphrase, if I may, was, I don't need Rome's kingdom to fail for mine to succeed. I'll build my kingdom while Rome thinks they're in control. I will start my church while they think they're winning. I will die, be buried, and resurrected while they thought they were the ones that could bury me and keep me down. And I'm going to show them that while they think they rule, they are not in control. I got something on me this morning, and I hope it don't get off till I'm done right here. I feel like preaching to somebody in this house this morning. You're waiting on everything to get better for the kingdom of God to be established in your life. I want to tell you that in the midst of hell and chaos, God can walk right up in the middle of it and establish himself right there. I'm telling you the truth this morning. We all have hopes for a better day. I pray to the Lord every day that he would heal our land, heal our nation. I pray to the Lord all the time that he would heal our land. I've never, of course, I'm I'm not old. Matter of fact, I'm extremely young. But I've never in my lifetime seen the chaos that there is in America. It's just crazy. We We were at Youth Congress the other day and... I don't ever remember going to a conference and just kind of having a little bit of fear about our kids walking around the streets. I've never had to feel that way, but you do feel that way now. I feel like 
it's not a spirit of fear, don't get me wrong, but I just feel like to be smart everywhere I go, you kind of need to look over your shoulder a little bit, you know, just kind of be aware of where you are and what's going on. We're all, we all pray for a better day. We all pray for justice. We all pray that the will of God would be done. We pray that righteousness would prevail and, you know, that's, that's what we want, but I, I I do want to tell you that there are people who are by far less fortunate than we are. I do miss the America that I, I was raised in. I do miss that America. But there are people that live for God in nations that say you can't. I, it makes me sad when I think about the fact my kids never, they never got to see the America I was raised in. If it was summer, we'd go outside and see our parents at dinner. I wish we could do a little bit of that some more and throw these stupid phones in the trash. Kids come out 3 o'clock in the afternoon scratching their head and their hair standing up. Judas, wake up. No, I've been on my phone. I... Honestly, God, my mom and dad bought me a bike for entertainment. We preached all over the country, and only one time did I ever uh, get into a hustle-tussle over my bicycle, but I got my bike back. My dad was preaching in Chicago, and this little punk came and stole my bike. I saw him walking down the street with my bike, and I said, sucker, that's my bike. And him and his little three friends, I thought, you know what? If they'll let me work on them one at a time, I can probably do this. <laughs> if they all three jump, they can have my bike. And I walked up to him. I said, give me back my bicycle. He's like, it's not your bicycle. I said, it's my bicycle. He went, poof, punched me right in the nose. So I grabbed my bicycle. And I turned around and walked back to my trailer. We were first class in our fifth wheel trailer. I went back to my trailer and them three guys took off running. I don't know if they saw something bigger than me standing behind me or what. But I got my bike back. <laughs> and, man, we'd get up and leave. We'd ride bikes and we'd come in. This is probably too personal. My mom, my mom would tell us kids, go get in the tub, you got Becky's beads. Anybody here ever heard of Becky's beads? It's them little dirt bumps that roll up in all your, where you been sweating, like been outside all day. You know why kids get sick all the time? Because they ain't got any dirt in their diet. I'm convinced. Kids need to eat a little mud pie every now and then. Come on. Scrape their knee and scoop them up and, oh, bless your heart. Man, put some dirt in that and make them play. It's going to be a good day. And my, kid, my kids, you know, they, they, didn't, they didn't know anything about that world. I mean, we lived in the same neighborhood. They ran across the street till my dad would run them off because it's just the way he was. He wouldn't let them stay over there long. But. So my point is that. It's a different world. It's a different age. Things are a little different now. But it's no excuse for our mission to change. The church was not born in, a, in an environment 
that just said, we are so glad that you're building a church that is completely counter to the culture that we're trying to create. Welcome. And so now we got people that are saying, well, maybe if we could accommodate more culture in the church, then the church would become more relevant to the culture. How are we becoming more relevant to the culture by becoming the culture? I'm, I'm sorry to burst people's bubbles today, but I want to tell you that there is nothing more countercultural than the gospel. The gospel message is not that he died for our sins so that we could be happy. And if we want to keep sinning, we just keep on sinning and just live however we want to live. And that's why he died. Can I tell you this morning that Calvary's purpose was not so that I could stay lost. Calvary's purpose was so that I could be saved. And it doesn't matter if I'm rich, if I'm poor, if I'm broke. It doesn't matter who I am. The Bible said it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Greek or a bond or a free or a male or a female. It doesn't matter who you are. If you get the gospel, it'll work in your life. I believe in it. And, and I, I know we look at it and we read the stories. It's hard to imagine how difficult it was. I mean, it had to be, it had to be pretty cool because they let him go to church every day. And they went to the temple every day. And Jesus got to ride donkeys around town. I mean, I couldn't ride a donkey through Anderson without people looking at me weird. I mean... You can't ride a Ford truck without people looking at you weird. It's, people are going to look at you weird, you know. People are just weird. But the gospel works. The gospel message absolutely works. The gospel has become, it's kind of become, uh, it's kind of become a slang term for religion. It really has. People love to talk about, well, so-and-so preaches the gospel. Well, what's the gospel? What does it mean to preach the gospel? I mean, does, does it, when you say, I preach the gospel, does that mean I preach something that everybody's got a place where they can come now on Sundays and feel like they're doing their part and give a little bit of money and their life's going to get better? I'm sorry, that's not the gospel. If you could sum up the gospel, it would simply, I mean, it's just this simple. He that was high came down to I that was low so that I could get up from where I was when I could not get to where he was. And I couldn't figure out how to make all of this work. The Bible said that we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I'm telling you, the word was made flesh and came to us. Now, I, I understand, I understand language, but you know, sometimes we use these little colloquialisms and it gets interesting. And I've said it, that he died so I could live. But I want to preach the gospel to you. 
in a roundabout way, you're going to end up eventually at the conversation that he died so I could live. But let me tell you what the gospel really is. He died so I could die. And he lives so I could live. And you got to be careful how you present this because when you just say, he died so I could live, that means he did all the work and there's nothing else for me to do. Well, he died, and so, praise God. I'm going to confess with my mouth, and I'm going to believe in my heart, and I've got this thing made. Folks, listen to what I'm telling you today. Not only is it going to cost you something, it's going to cost you everything. If you're going to live for God, it's going to cost you everything. Everybody loves to rejoice about being born again, but I want you to know, That we don't rejoice over Abraham because he met God. We rejoice over Abraham because he knew God and he walked with God. The Bible does not say that Enoch met the Lord. It said that Enoch walked with the Lord. Can I tell you that the just don't get born again just by faith. I thank the Lord for that. I thank the Lord that you've got to be born again because of your faith. That's what brings you. But I want to tell you, the Bible said that the just live. They live by faith. There is more to this than just being born again. You got to learn how to live again. You've got to understand that the power of the gospel is not for you to live the rest of your life sitting on a church pew bound by what used to hold you captive. The gospel is so that you can be free from every chain. That held you in your life. I'm preaching to somebody this morning that needs to know. I don't care what the devil says. You can be free. I got to take my tie off. Don't tell anybody I preach without a tie. I'm going to use it, Bishop. I know it's a slippery slope. Bear, come check his pulse and make sure he's all right. I took my tie off in the pulpit. <laughs> Sweetheart, I trust you. Will you come help me, please? <laughs> come here, Wes. I just need you to hold the mic. You don't have to do anything but be pretty and hold the mic. Can you do that? Okay. I'm going to hold this in my hand. You just bind up my hand. Would you like kind of take this to wrap it up? Should I do it? I got it. Hey, don't be fussing in front of the church people. Okay. All right. Pull my hands apart. She can't do it. Some would say it's because I'm bound. Right? I'm bound. Somebody shouted, he's bound. I wouldn't sit under a pastor that's bound. Sorry. Maybe that was a little too heavy for, for some of you soft seeders, but I'm telling you, I'm not going to sit under a pastor that's bound and wants me to be bound so he's okay. Pull hard. She can't get me free, but I trust her. I believe in her. This is my wife in whom I'm well pleased. Why can't she make me free? I'm going to tell you the problem. 
I may look bound and she can't get me unbound. But I want you to notice my hands. The only reason I'm still bound is because I won't let go. Some people are not bound because you're locked up. You're bound because you're closed up. God, I feel something on me this morning. I said, you're not bound because you're bound up. You're locked up because you won't turn it loose. God wants to set you free. Pastor, I felt like I got deliverance, but I just can't shake it. I'm telling you what your Bible says. He that the Son has set free is free indeed. you got to let it go. have mercy I don't want I don't want to offend nobody in here please no I'm not preaching to be offensive but I do want to shake you up a little bit I don't understand why I can't get why I can't get free I don't understand pastor I'm trying so hard If you keep going back where you always got it. This bottle's got control of my life. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you what you got to do. Quit going where you get it. Now. Listen, it's going to sound like I'm being facetious, but I'm being serious. I've been doing this a long time, Brother Looper. I just don't understand why, why other women won't leave me alone, Pastor. I just, I want to be faithful to my wife. Uh, hey, uh, I know you're wondering why I'm here. I was actually just stopping by to see if you needed anything. First mistake. Well, if we go to lunch with other people from work, it won't be that big of a deal. My God, I'm, I must have found me a little something here this morning. Listen, as long as you allow temptation to lead you down pathways, you'll always get the end result that's at the end of that path. But you're letting the devil beat your brains out because you got tempted. Temptation is your friend. Temptation shows you this is the path that you're going to walk. And if you lead that, I'm telling you, you know the end result of that. But I want to invite you today that when you feel that pull, you say, oh, no, I don't walk like I used to walk. I don't talk like I used to talk. I'm a, I'm a brand new man. I'm a brand new woman. You don't own me anymore. I will be free. He died so I could die, but he lives so I can live. He conquered death in the grave. 
I'm going to preach against the spirit of religion. I wish I would have had time to hammer it this morning in class, but I ran out. And I want to tell you that that spirit of fear I talked about is connected to the spirit of poverty. That spirit of fear is always directly connected to a spirit of religion. You look in third, what we call third world countries, look how much religion's in that country. It's there, it's strong, it's a spirit of religion. I want to tell you what religion does. Religion causes people to worship him hung up. I've walked in to a local hospital in this town many times. And when you walk into the hospital room, hanging there on the wall, You can't have the resurrection without having that. Okay? You with me? He died. He did. But he didn't stay that way. We got to get it out of our minds that we can leave him hanging on that cross. They took him off the cross and they put him in a tomb and on the third day he got up. And he had all victory and all power in his hand. He conquered what I couldn't. He got up from the grave. And he defeated the power of death, of hell, and the grave. I wish somebody would believe what I'm preaching. He got up. Now listen, it's not hard to find people that say they believe the gospel. Let me tell you what it is hard to find. It's hard to find people that believe the gospel. Oh Lord, I'm going to have to get security detail to get me out of here this morning. Can I just be me? Everybody in here knows I love you. I want to tell you. This is not the gospel. Ooh, I, do, I do believe. That's like saying, I believe fire's hot and sticking my hand in the fire. Because if you believe the gospel, you got to believe in the power of the death, the burial, and the resurrection. But everybody wants the resurrection because he died. I won't have a resurrection in my life. He came where we in like manner. Oh, God have mercy. We got to learn to suffer like he suffered. He had to die so he could be resurrected. So you know what I got to do? I've got to die if I want to be resurrected. Oh, my Lord. I can't walk around talking like a dead man and expect to live new life. 
I love watching the transformational power of God in people's lives. I'm going to tell you why I love it. I love it when God speaks things to people that they've never heard me say and they obey it. And then people get up behind pulpits and say it's not necessary to preach it anymore. It's amazing to me the transformational work of holiness in people's lives when they've never sat in a single class and heard us teach on a specific thing in their life, whatever that may be, that God is leading them to not do anymore. I promise you, when you let your will die, he'll start talking to you. Well, I, I've tried, Pastor, but I, it's like I don't ever hear from God. You know why? Because he don't talk to the old man about what the new man's going to do. The old man don't understand it. When the old man gets told by the Spirit of God, you're not allowed to go there anymore. You're like, who you think you're talking to? You talking to me? I don't need no preacher telling me what to do. The Spirit of God tells the old person, you don't wear that anymore. And you say, it's my body, I'll wear what I want to wear. That's the only good thing in Indiana about summer being over. I, I, I wish it was summer all year. I love hot weather. I love being outside. I like, but I'm just going to be honest with you folks. I'm ready for some fall sweaters and clothes to be on some people. I'm just going to let you in on my world. Call me judgmental if you want to, but my family has a sense of humor. Okay? And I live in a house full of girls, JP. And yours don't do this, I'm sure. My house? I'll hear this going down the road. Did they even look in a mirror this morning? You're like, sweetheart, that's a soul. <laughs> I'm like, you want me to go witness him? Would that embarrass you? But it's funny. Because people, I'm not talking about people that talk about the gospel. I'm talking about when people start believing it. When they really start believing that God can do for them what his word says they can do for them. They show up one weekend to church and it's like, who is that? And they'll come to you with a testimony and say, now I want to tell you what I felt this week. And if I'm, if I'm wrong, you just tell me. But I really felt the Lord impress on me to never wear that ever again. Can I, can I just say, I'll never understand why a pastor would want to get up in their pulpit and say that's not necessary. Because what you're saying is that the work of the Holy Ghost is not important. 
if people are being led by the Spirit of God to walk away from a world of sin, then why are we trying to invite it into a church culture to make people feel more comfortable in that, in that state of mind? I'm trying to get where I'm going. It's getting late. I don't understand. I got I to hurry. Why in the world would God bring people out of juke joints, dance floors, rave parties, and then we turn our sanctuary into something that looks like a dance party? Can I say this and not sound mean? If you want to be entertained, go to a concert. If you want to have freedom, come to the house of God. Woo! Oh, I, I just, Lord, help me today. I got to get where I'm going. I, I just struggle with people that tell me I can be free while they're walking in bondage. And then... Look at the life that I live and say, I'm in bondage. This does not feel like bondage to me. I'm talking about they'd go to the bar six nights a week and they want to make fun of you for going to church two or three times a week. Can I tell you I love being free? I love the freedom of the Holy Ghost. I love the freedom of the house of God. I love the freedom of worship. <laughs> you know why I can worship? Because he conquered what I couldn't. He fixed it. He fixed it. He made a way. There's a legend told. I'm hurrying. I'm in fast forward right now. Y'all may even miss a good part because I'm just getting through my introduction. There's a legend that's told of a missionary in Brazil who discovered a tribe of natives that were, they were living in a remote part of the jungle. It was next to a large river. And for some reason, the, the natives were convinced that, that the river was filled with evil spirits and consequently... They were afraid to get in the water, much less cross it at all. They, they were isolated by the water, and they refused to cross it because they had been told all their life. Are you listening to what I'm telling you right now? Man, I'm trying to preach. They've been told all their life, you can't go in there. Do not go in there. There's evil spirits in that water. Don't go in that water. And so a bunch of them somehow got sick. I don't know if it came from like some bug bites or something. Some got messed up and they, they got sick. And it was something that was taking their lives, but it was an easy fix. And so this missionary found them and the only way that they could get help was to traverse the river. And so he, he came over to the river and he explained to them. He said, this, this is not haunted. You know, he's trying to communicate. He said, it's not haunted. There's no evil spirit. But they step back and they said, no, no, no. We, we, we're not, we're not going to go. So he gets this brilliant idea. And he goes down to the water and he reaches down in the water. And he splashes it up on his face. And he said, see? No problem. They said, 
No, no, no. We're, we're not interested. He said, no, it's not evil. See? No problem. So he wades out in the water. Splashes around. They said, no, no, no. This missionary got, he got so frustrated. He said, look, you do not have to be afraid to cross the river. They wouldn't listen. Signaling back to them standing in the water, he said, come on, go with me. They said, no. The missionary got so consumed with passion and compassion that he went underneath the water. He swam beneath the surface of the water all the way to the other side until he came up out of the water on the other side and he stood on the bank across the river that they had been told there's no way to cross it. And he stood on the other side of the river waving his hands saying, I made it. I made it. And they said one by one, the men were looking at each other and started jumping in the water and swimming across. And they came up on the other side. You know the rest of the story. They found a way across and they got healed and they were fine. But because somebody had told them all their life, there's no way that you can get across. It took one man to say, I'll show you how to do it. And he got under the weight of it. And he swam across what they couldn't. I'm telling you, when I couldn't come to where he was, he came to me. When I couldn't conquer sin, he conquered sin. He made a way. Let's stand, let's stand. I got to quit this morning. He conquered what I couldn't. And the gospel is the answer. That's why when Paul went to Rome, he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. I thank God on this Sunday morning that he conquered what I couldn't. I'm telling you today, you may be living in a place that you feel like there's no hope, but let me just tell you about hope and the way this works. Your Bible says that if you repent of your sins, that he is just to forgive you of your sins. Now, repentance, you may have been told this, but it's, it, listen, repentance is not just a prayer that you pray. Repentance is not just me saying to the Lord, I'm sorry. Repentance is me showing the Lord. If you look at the roots in the Hebrew word, it's teshuva. The word means me showing God, I'm sorry, by turning complete direction and about face and leaving that life. That's repentance. God doesn't just forgive because I say I'm sorry. He forgives because I say, Lord, I'm sorry, and I don't want to do that anymore. But here's the issue that we still had among God's people. Listen, they had repentance in the wilderness every year. They would come and offer a sacrifice, and their sins were pushed ahead for a year. They came and said they were sorry, but they still had it hanging over their shoulder. But do you know when the spotless lamb came, he said that repentance, this is a word they weren't used to, and remission of sin would be preached in my name among all nations. Do you understand what Calvary did for us? It showed us not only do you die at repentance, 
but you bury, you bury that in baptism. And when you're baptized in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, somebody say in Jesus' name, all of the sins that you committed, now they're not just pushed ahead. They're forgotten. I said, I said they're forgotten. They're remitted. It's over. And he said, when your sins have been remitted, your heart is clean. You're wide open now. He said, I'm going to come fill you up with my spirit. And that's the resurrection. He conquered what you couldn't and gave you the path to eternal life. I wish somebody in here today would believe what I'm telling you. That he made a way where there was no way. Thank God for the gospel. Thank God for the gospel. And the gospel means this. I don't have to stay the way I am. There's freedom in the house of the Lord. There's freedom in the presence of the Lord. I said there's freedom in the presence of the Lord. If you've never repented of your sins, today would be a good time. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, today would be a good time. If you've never received His Spirit, you can have it today. All across this room, can we lift our hands to the Lord right now? Can we lift our hands to the Lord? Come on, music. Let's sing.